This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Justin Strong and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I am your host, Justin Strawn. Joining me each week is the other host of the show. He's bathed more than twice this week, Ryan Nelson. I'm trying to avoid, I'm trying to get the flux. Justin, we have an early contender for series with the worst haircuts of all time. Oh, yes. Uh That that shaved bald up the middle (laughs) with with ponytail in the back. Yes. That is horrific. Yeah. Oh, I know there's a reason for it. I have not looked into like the, the, uh, uh, the, the traditional like samurai or Japanese or whatever. I'm sure there's a reason for it because like it is a choice that all these guys are making. Like, I don't know why. It's quite a choice. And I don't know why. Like some of them have it and some of them don't. I don't understand I that. So, like I said, there's there's a reason for it. How now. happy were the guys of the cast? Like, okay, you're not the ones with the shade. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, like I said, uh, I'm sure somebody if they want to call, if they want to write into us and tell us why some have the like the shaved in the middle portion of the top of their head, uh, yeah. feel free to. I've not look, I have not had a chance to look into it. So, uh, if you've been listening to podcasts since we started the podcast a few years ago, thank you for continuing to listen and making us a part of your day. If you are new to the show we hope you enjoy it as we talk about the first two episodes of shogun on fx and hulu whether or not you are new or a regular and would like more access to the show visit our patreon page and become a patron of the main attraction podcast go to patreon.com slash the main attraction podcast and you can get patreon only content you can support us at a three five ten or twenty dollar level and when you join up we'll shout you out here on the show if you want ad-free access to the podcast any level of being a patreon supporter will get you the show ad-free it uh, doesn't matter which level you're signing up for, as low as the 3 or as high as the 20, they all get you to show ads free. doesn't matter which one. If you want additional content, though, you will need to go for the 5, the 10, or the 20, uh, so you can always hear uh, additional bonus content, like we did our Oscar predictions tonight. So if you're looking for the additional content, uh, the 5, the 10, or the $20 level take care of you, but if you just want the show without commercials, sign up for the $3 level. Uh, we do have uh, a new review. Speaking of reviews tonight, uh, we before we get into our review section, we have a new review. So if you'd like to be like this person, we will always read any reviews that you send on to Apple Podcasts on the air. So if you're ever interested in leaving us a five-star rating, we'd love for you to do that. And you can uh, leave that on Apple Podcasts. And like I said, if you do, we'll read it. And our review this week comes from OBX Bulldogs. I'm assuming this is a Bulldog fan that would like us, but I could be totally wrong. It could be somebody else Who completely. Uh, but he gave us a new review on apple uh he said he uh he gave us five stars and says i enjoy these reviews slash recaps they seem to always be watching the same series that i am enjoying and sometimes i know what not to watch if they did not enjoy it so uh, we appreciate right. we appreciate I like the, hearing that. yeah i know uh we appreciate the review we haven't had one in a while so i'm glad that uh obx bulldogs chimed in with that because like i said i haven't had one in a while so uh however if you would like to interact with the show in other ways you can do so if you want to send us an email to mainattractionpod at gmail.com you can always do that we do have another email i'm going to wait though and read that on our um on our what you call it our uh doing podcast yeah well when, so uh if you're listening uh if you're if you're a lori who's sending in that email uh just check out our doing podcast and i'll be reading it on that one so This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, this is our beginning our coverage of Shogun. Uh, the first two episodes aired on Hulu um, on FX on Tuesday night of this week. It uh, just, uh, debuted on Hulu the following morning. Uh, if this is going to be a, a Hulu is counting on this being a, re- a really really big show for them. They are expecting this mm-hmm. to do insane things in terms of Emmys, in terms of uh, viewership. I think they're expecting high numbers. Uh, it's a, There's a lot going for it. What were your general thoughts after watching two episodes? I think Hulu is making a good bet so far because yeah. I was really impressed with this. It was one of the most beautiful shows we've seen. Like yeah. when they show all the ships, you yeah. know, in the mm-hmm. port going into Dasaka, just, you know, just the scenery of the area. It's very beautiful. And one of the most intriguing shows, a mix of Game of Thrones and Succession. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, I, I can't wait to see what happens next. I was, I was very, very intrigued by it. I was shocked by the violence when they beheaded. Yeah, that guy. I was just walking by. I was like, whoa! <laughs> I didn't know FX could do this. Yeah, th- we, we, had, like a, talk about we that. had a threesome with nudity. I was like, okay, FX. Yeah, where talk- was this when I was watching Justified? <laughs> yeah, I guess let's go ahead and talk about that since you brought it up here. It was it was really shocking to watch like some of this stuff because like I was watching on yeah. Hulu, so it's a streaming service, so you can get away with a lot right. more on a streaming service. But this is actually playing on FX. It's playing on their on the yeah. FX channel, so. You know, even though it has a TVMA rating, I would think there are still some limitations to what they can actually do. Hey, man. That but, beheading was something. Yeah, I mean, like, it's feel that felt more, much more like an actual beheading than what it would actually look like in real life because. Yeah. Like, when, when we saw uh, uh, Matt Smith's character in Game of Thrones behead somebody, yeah. you could tell it was. TV done. Right. I mean, you could tell it was done yeah. for, for, for like TV and special effects and all that type of stuff. Yeah. That looked like they just lopped the guy's head off. I, I mean, know. <laughs> and, and you bring up a good point. The CGI on this is good. Yeah, it is. It's really, really good. Uh, it, and they, they have spent a ton of money on this. They, they're they expecting yeah. it to be big. And then you mentioned the uh, the scene, the, the threesome scene where they actually do so some, uh, you know, uh, a bare chest, a bare chested woman. Uh, they actually showed yeah. that. That was surprising as well. Like I said, I was oh, yeah. re- really, really surprised. Now, I don't know that they're going to go like fully into all that throughout the rest of the series. I don't know, if, like, because the second episode, there's yeah. a little bit less of all that. Uh, it's not quite right, as, right. It's it seems to be kind of front loaded here at the beginning. And we haven't even talked about boiling a man alive. <laughs> 
have a, I mean, oh god, that was Dude, rough. That was rough. Yeah, it him really was. Screaming on the background. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I'm glad you brought that up. That was frightening. It was. It was just absolutely like. It was awful just hearing it. And then when they finally show him after the point where he's been cooked oh, for the most part. Uh, yeah, it was uh, awful. Just absolutely awful. Uh, so, uh, all right. So, uh, yeah, it's. I'm with you. I think this show is really, really good. I will say the first, like, 20 to 30 minutes, I was enjoying it, but I wasn't, like, just incredibly entertained. And then Nestor Carpenter shows up, and he was fantastic. And I was like, "Oh, now I'm having fun. We're we're having yeah. fun now, man. <laughs> My guys, this yeah. is great." So. Yeah, his beard was beautiful. Yeah. I mean, just spitting like a thousand words a minute. Mm-hmm. He was he was fantastic. It, also, thought we didn't get enough of uh, Hiroyuka Sonata in the first twenty minutes as right. well. Yeah, and they're, look, they're yeah. world building in that in that first. Yeah, section. they are. I mean, they're trying. Well, to get- it sounds like in the book the first. First half or the first quarter is about their voyage to the uh, the Dutch's voyage to right. Japan. Yeah, so we avoided that. So yeah, they they're the, the books are long. Let's I guess let's go ahead and kind of get into that part of it. So this is based on a set of novels by Tim Clavel. Is that the name of the guy who wrote these books? I think. Let's see. I got it. I've got the Wikipedia. I'm glad you did. I know it came out in '75. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. James Clavel. James Clavel. Uh, so James Clavel wrote these books, and the history behind it, he was in. He was fighting in World War II. He ends up getting. He ends up getting kidnapped, or not kidnapped. He ends up becoming a prisoner of war by the Japanese. And when they take him in as a prisoner of war, like he just falls in love with Japan, the the, the country, the culture. Uh, he often says, you know, the, I think the quote is like, you know, they brought me in as a prisoner, but it ended up becoming like my spiritual awakening. It's something along those lines. I don't know the exact quote, but which you can kind of see Blackwell or uh, what's the Black Cosmic Jar. Blackboard is kind of having that yeah. same experience, right? So, like I said, this becomes. It becomes like a spiritual awakening for him. He he invests himself completely into the culture of Japan, of ancient Japan, and starts well not ancient Japan, but starts learning about the culture of ancient Japan and just how it affects what Japan is like today. And because there is a lot of, even though they're not doing some of the things that we see in this show, there's a lot of things that we'll get into that still affect the way that the Japanese operate today. Because they are very traditional people. They are very mm-hmm. uh, they like to i mean they they don't they have not strayed much from their ideals of their ancient time period so i mean there's a lot of things that they that they still value today from that time period that even though some of the things are considered taboo today they they still keep the heart of what they believe still is still very much there so uh we're going to say for for you as a history buff you gotta be loving oh yeah i'm glad you mentioned that because that's one thing i want to talk about i taught uh, I've taught world history my first three years when I was a teacher. Uh, we get into a little bit of this in in, in high school world history. Uh, we don't spend a lot of time on it because you're supposed to have covered that in middle school. And I taught one year of seventh grade, what's called Eastern Hemisphere, which covers like this period. So, and look, I've always had just a, a, a profound respect for Japanese culture and what they do. Mm-hmm. I love everything about yeah. just the way that they honor their 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 ancestors, the way they honor their family mm-hmm. name. Um, I have a huge respect for that, but having taught it and having looked into it and like really studied the the culture 
and also, so I'm always going to be, I'm always going to gravitate towards stories that come from this time period. But having also coming straight off of a couple of months ago when I saw Blue Eyes Samurai, you know, I'm just like, I'm really into this, you know, this ancient Japanese time period. You know, give me all the shows yeah. you can based off of this stuff because it is absolutely a fascinating culture. And it's just so different from anything in the West. And that's one of the things that makes it. Yeah compelling to a lot of people here in the west is because they are incredibly different than what we do here in our country and in our civilization right. it's it's just a complete different ball game i mean people wouldn't do some of the things that they do in this show in terms of like respect and honor and all this type of stuff you yeah. just don't see it in in our culture and it's one, it's one of the things i love so especially not nowadays no. you sound like an old man <laughs> yeah not, so. uh, back in my day we respected the elders <laughs> that's right uh let's go ahead and talk a little bit about shocking let's talk we a little did. bit about our three let's be honest we did not respect the elders when i was no young. no 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 that no, we did not so uh this is the story at least i from what i can tell the mm-hmm. first two episodes seem to be hinting at or like basically telegraphing that it's going to be focusing around three characters uh those three characters are played uh well the first one is yoshi tornaga played by hiroyuki sonata uh, Cosmo Jarvis, who plays John Blackthorne and Anna Sawai or Sawai i'm not actually sure i have her name but plays she plays toto mariko uh these seem like i said these seem to be our three main protagonists uh let's just talk about each of them real quick um let's start with toranaga uh hiroyuki sonata he's a guy that most people who are like me when i saw him was like i I know i've seen him and look that's probably going to be the case with a lot of these people we have probably seen a lot of them but we just because the fact that we don't watch a ton of like japanese centered stories here in our country we might not initially recognize them uh but he's been in a lot of different things uh go ahead and talk about he's been in I, I thought he was fantastic. Oh, yeah. And this is a guy that, you know, he's been a huge star in Japan. And then he has he's had opportunities in the United States the last 20 years. Right. Like, he's in the Wolverine. Yes, he with, is. You know, yeah, and then, like, uh, The Last Samurai, he's the guy, one of the guys that's training Tom Cruise. Right. But, like, it's nice to see him getting a chance at a English you know, that's right. going to an English audience because I, I did some research on him. He's played this part before in a Japan version oh, really? and he's one of the producers. So I really want to shout him out. They said he showed up in pre-production and knows everything about the history. He's telling people where to stand. He's like, no, it wouldn't look like that. <laughs> he's walking around, you know, right. helping out. Also, he speaks like fluent English and yeah, speaks very well. So he's able to talk with the English people. Like he, like a lot of times you hear about an actor as a producer and it's just like a title, not, not here. Yuki Sonata, he's hands on. Right. And I thought he was incredible as, as the lead, because you could tell us how much he's dealing with the story. He is afraid he's going to die, but he has a code. He's trying to protect the, the, the air that, you know, he's trying to protect his people, but he also, he wants to be Shogun. Yeah, I mean it's obvious he has yeah, the you know the the metal out. Also, I like how he's thinking. He's one of these people that's one step ahead. Right. And I like how like his scenes with Blackthorn were really good. And when Blackthorn like was like kind of joking with him, you would see him. He didn't smile, but he kind of just like crinkled a little bit of a smile, like he was like respectful. And I like also how he was respectful to the women. Yeah. Yeah, and that, 
his character is is unique. I mean, he wants to be Shogun. It's obvious. You can tell. Mm-hmm. By, you can tell just by watching him and seeing the way that he interacts. You can tell that even though he is saying, you know, the Shogun is a title from a. a, a past age i don't remember exactly what the line right. was but he, yeah, yeah. he's talking about like he doesn't really want it but his actions and stuff says that he actually does and he's really the only one who can be it because he's from a uh, monarch family yeah and that's one thing they don't get into the show that basically the they don't get at least they haven't gotten into it so far in this portion of the show so ashido mentions it like briefly okay i, I must not i must have missed that because he was saying that he can't be it because he's not yeah you have to that you have to be born from according to according to this time period in japan you have to if you're going to be shogun you have to be appointed by the emperor and the emperor has his own issues because like the emperor can't actually do anything unless like the lords of the area like allow him to do it it's a really really complicated system but to be a shogun you have to be appointed by the emperor and if the emperor the emperor will not is not allowed to appoint you a shogun unless you're born from one of three like historically like significant families i don't remember exactly what those families what so yeah. and he's about the them. only one of the five that that is he's the only possible person to right. be shogun. and that makes him even more of a threat to the other four and that's right. another reason that the other four don't like him is because they don't want him to yes. be shogun and they yeah. they're trying to oppose, oppose him at, at every turn if they can so like i said it's an entry it's the the political intrigue of this show is is at a level that we've only seen with own shows like game of thrones and things like that it's it's up there with all of those so uh i mean it's it's there's a lot of things that remind you of game of thrones with with this Mm -hmm. show so and he's very ned stark like yeah he is he's very ned stark like i mean he's basically in this he's in osaka as basically he's a prisoner even though he's not in jail he can't leave certain areas that's why ned stark was in that first season he couldn't once he got to he was also the right hand man of the king right then which is what which is what Tornaga was way before yeah. he ended up dying. The the Taiko, uh, which is what he was, which right. is uh, the Taiko. Uh, the reason why he wasn't the Shogun is because he had that same problem. He wasn't, he wasn't born. He was of, a peasant. Yeah, he was a peasant at, at one time, so he wasn't born into that into that aristocratic royal family to be able to become a Shogun. So he ends up having this title of Taiko, which isn't quite the same thing as Shogun. Which is all kind of, it's all kind of convoluted and stuff. I think they will get more into it. And I think they will explain it better as we get into this thing a little bit further. But I could be wrong. So, uh, but if you're wondering where you've seen him, he's been in a lot of things. Just like you said, he was in. Um, he was in uh, the Wolverine. If you saw that film, uh, which is one of the better of those Wolverine movies, it's not the be- it's not the best yeah. one. Obviously, obviously yeah. that one goes to Logan, but it's better than the the first one that they that they uh, yeah. showed. Uh, he, he the most recent thing you might have seen him in. He was in John Wick Chapter Four, and he has an incredible like thirty minute fight scene with Keanu Reeves. Oh, does he? I have not seen. I've yet to see it. I need to see it. Oh man, it's so good. Uh, he was in the most recent version of Mortal Kombat. If you saw, uh, that's another really incredible where he shows off his fighting skills because he has just this. The opening scene of, of Mortal Kombat, he ends up taking out like fifteen people all by himself with a with a blade tied to a rope. Uh, it's just absolutely incredible. He was in Westworld for four episodes. I don't remember what those episodes oh, yeah. were. I'm trying to think. Musashi. Well, remember they 
they go to the west at some point. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, the east. They, they go to the east. They yeah. they do uh, yeah, yeah. Samurai World. That's right. Mm-hmm. You're, you're right. Yeah, he he had to be in that. Yeah, yeah but he was. So uh, he's been in a lot of things, uh, and obviously there's probably there's going to be a lot of uh, Japanese stuff that we have, yeah, we yeah. will not have seen him in as well. But he's been in a, a lot of stuff throughout the course of his career. So. Uh, He's kind of one of the main characters. The other main character is the is Cosmo Jarvis, who plays John Blackthorn. I'm completely unfamiliar with him. I looked up his his yeah, IMDb page. I don't page. think I had seen him in anything either. I haven't seen him in any of this stuff. He looks like the love child of James Purifoy, Tom Tom Hardy, Logan Marshall <laughs> Green, Boyd Holbrook, uh, Courtney J. All those guys. He looks yeah. like the mix of all of them. Yeah, he he's got an interesting look and he's got an interesting sound to his voice. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, I was completely unfamiliar with him, and to put this show, this massive show, kind of on his back. I mean, obviously, he's got up with a couple yeah. of other people as well, but to put it on his back is an interesting. It's an interesting decision, but he's I, I enjoyed his character for the first two episodes. I he was really good. Yeah, he was like so obnoxious at first. Oh yeah, but then like when uh, I believe it's Yabushki, all, you know, does it almost kills himself. Like he's like, oh right, this is a whole different world. I need to. I started. He started adapting to it more. Right, and I I really liked his character. And then when he finds out, you know, uh, about what the wet what the the portuguese are doing and then he's like oh yeah I, i've got a hand here that i've right. got to use I, I thought it was very interesting he he looks very dumb but he's much smarter than yeah that. <laughs> that's a good way to describe him he, he does look kind of yeah. he, he does look kind of like an idiot but he's definitely not yeah. an idiot. i mean and yeah. the, i think part of that is just language barrier he has a hard time making himself look making himself right. appear smart when he doesn't speak the language and has a hard time communicating with it, anyone else yeah. around him I'm glad I'm not in this because you know that's a very attractive man, and they talk about how much of a dog he looks like. Like, <laughs> can you imagine if like you were in this? Yeah, don't tell me about it. It would not be Jeez. kind. So. What would they say? It? Yeah. Uh, also, like I said, him and Tornaga's scenes were really, really good, especially when he tells Tornaga what the Portuguese are doing. Right. Like the, you know, and he, like Tornaga's face, you could see like steam coming out of his ears. He was so bad. <laughs> yeah, it, you're you're correct. So it's a. Uh, it's a really interesting part that he's playing and I've, mm-hmm. I've enjoyed it so far so we'll see what else and him and like Nestor Carbonell just fantastic together oh yeah they're fantastic we'll talk more, about more them. scenes yeah we'll talk about them him here in just a little bit so alright the other person that uh, is going to kind of be the person that we see this television show through is uh, Toad Americo um, yeah Americo she plays is played by Anna Sawai uh, you would have seen her if you watched Monarch Legacy Monsters. She was She's in it. great in that. Yeah, she was. She was young version. She was the mom of. No, she no, was the, the wife. She, she was the. She was the. She was the daughter. She was the lead. Oh, that's right. She was the lead. Okay, I'm getting. And I'm, her do- and her dad is a Shido. Yeah. Okay. I'm, yeah, I'm getting them confused. Okay, so. Uh, but Monarch, Monarch Legacy of Monsters, she was in that. Uh, she was in Pachinko, which I saw a couple yeah. of episodes. I never finished it. Uh, you've seen all the Fast movies. She's in F9. Uh, I don't know what she played in that. She played, she played L. Who, who knows? I've I, 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 I blocked that one out. It was oh, okay. terrible. Okay. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so like I said, that's where you would have seen her in. Yeah. Uh, if you've seen her recently, you might have seen her in some of those. So. And Monarch is worth watching. Yeah, I, I need to finish it. I never got around to finishing it. Uh, so I need to do that. But uh, it's a... 
her role is really interesting because she mm-hmm. is a convert. She is a Christian. She knows Portuguese, so she is speaking. She's the translator for for Blackthorn in this thing. And obviously, it feels like they're going to do romantic leads. It feels like that's yeah. the, the, there's going to be a romance yeah. between the two of them. I could be wrong about that, but what well, are your thoughts? I think you're right. I think you're right. That that's they're definitely making eyes at each other. Oh, it's, yeah. it's it's heading it's definitely heading that way. I like a. I'm hoping we'll get more of her backstory because she has some darkness in her backstory because yeah. the priest mentioned that. Right. You know, we know her father died 14 years ago. She got married. must have been like 15 or 16. Right. You know, so, and also she's a samurai. Right, she is. Uh, and she, you know, so there's there's a lot to her backstory. I'm interested. Excuse me. I was just see, hopefully, hopefully we get it, and I have a feeling we're going to see her kill some folks at some point. Oh, I feel, I feel that's confident as well. I feel confident. If you watch the trailer for this, you see her fight in uh, a few yeah. scenes. So that definitely feels like that's going to be coming down. She also very smart. You know, uh, Tornaga went to her because he knew she was smart. Like he asked for her assistance. Like right. she knew what to say. You know, she's picking up on things that's going on. So she, she's a player. Yeah, she is. So, uh, really good stuff from all three of them. They, like I said, they're, mm-hmm. they're the ones who were going to be kind of watching the show from, from their perspective. Yeah. So we'll see just what all, uh, transpires between all of them. It's a, it's in the first two episodes do a great job of setting up the, mm-hmm. just, the intrigue of the entire season and look this this is a dense show i mean normally yeah. I, I was expecting something more like fargo where you were getting like 45 minute episodes or something like that no these are hour long episodes the first one was like an hour and 10 i think and the second one was like a little over like 50 something but yeah you're right so uh like today. and you have to pay attention oh yeah you definitely have to pay attention that's there. the one thing i'm concerned about with this show because you know people including myself sometimes you've got your phone in the hand you can't do that on this show well you have to be paying attention one of the things i struggle with because this is now they say there is an option to listen to a dub version of this thing uh i did not know that that was possible i wouldn't want to do it i, I still want to watch the subtitles yeah. but there's a there's a lot of subtitles in this thing yeah, uh, and that makes sense because the fact that all these people speak Japanese. We're going to talk about the original show here in just a little bit. Uh, but one of the things about this, like when I was watching, one of the struggles I had because we are talking about this on the show, I would like shoot over to IMDb real quick because I wanted to look something up or try to find something, or I'll try to yeah. find something else about what they were talking about, and I would need to. It you have to hit pause when they do that because you have yeah, to, yeah, if yeah, you miss yeah. dialogue, you don't have the if you miss right. what they say on the dialogue. Then right. you don't have the first clue what they're talking about. And as like five minutes later, like oh crap, I didn't hit pause. I have to rewind it and go yeah. back and check it out. Uh, so yeah, it's a it's it, this is requires discipline to watch this show because mm-hmm. if you don't, you're going to miss something. and It could be incredibly important. So there's a, there's yeah. a, you have to be very very disciplined to watch it. Yeah, that's my only concern about this not being a humongous hit. I think the first two episodes are going to be big. I, my, my concern is the the lag or people turning it off because it's it, it is some work yeah it, that because may be let's the case. be honest we're lazy <laughs> you're, you're not wrong so all right tell you what, let's uh, take a real quick break and then we'll discuss some specifics about the show all right so let's talk about just the history of the show so uh, we talked about how it's based off of a James Clavel novel. Uh, it was actually first originally done in 1980 on CBS. Yeah. It was a five-part miniseries. It was an absolutely monster of a show. And look, back 
we don't do this anymore. I remember, like, no. when I was looking at this, when I was looking into the show's history, I remember this vividly. There would be, like, three-night oh, yeah. miniseries. Like, it started on a Monday night. And Richard Chamberlain, who was the star, was the star of the... He was the king of these miniseries. Yeah, and this is what they would do. They would have, like, a three-part miniseries. It would start on Sunday night, Monday night, and then on Tuesday. Now, I remember watching a few of those when I was growing up. Oh, yeah. Uh, there were shows like this that went Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, aired aired for five nights straight. Uh, so this was something that was very much done, really up until like the mid nineties, uh, right. as late as I then. Right. And, but we don't do it anymore. Like I said, that's just not yeah. a thing that happens anymore. I guess we it, don't watch network TV. Yeah, we don't watch network TV for the most part. So that's a big part of it. I mean, there's still look, there's still a huge audience for that, but it's it's an older audience for from things that are still network television. That's typically what you well, see. PBS still has some of oh, that yeah. stuff mm-hmm. that they do. Yeah, they do so. Uh, but like I said, this was a five-part miniseries. And apparently, it was such a big hit that restaurants and movie theaters like reported major like loss in, losses in revenue for that entire week that it was out. That's crazy because people wanted to watch this show so badly they didn't want to leave home, and so they would they stayed home to watch it, and they didn't want to record it because that's what you had to do. I don't yeah. even know that you could record. Did, you, did they have any CRs that yeah. could record nineteen eighty? Uh, no, that would have been early. Yeah, that would have been too early for that. So, we didn't, yeah, unless you were really rich or something, I don't think so. Yeah, so I mean, you, if you wanted to watch it, you had to watch it when yeah. it aired. So there yeah. was there was no other way to catch it. So, like I said, this was a, that was a big deal back then. Yeah. Uh, the, so that wasn't there craziness that people really got into Japanese culture instead, and like including like wanting to try sushi. Oh yeah, yeah, they were, yeah, they yeah, were yeah. Researching because of watching this. Yeah, you saw a huge like you saw a huge uh, jump in in Japanese restaurants and. Uh, yeah. Sushi restaurants, you saw a huge jump in that type of stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, you saw a huge jump in that type of stuff after this show ended up airing in 1980. Uh, one of the interesting decisions that they made in this show was all of the Japanese-speaking characters, they did not do subtitles on the Japanese characters, which is an, was, was an interesting decision. The reason they do it is because Blackthorn, who was played by Richard Chamberlain back then, they wanted you to have the same confusion, the same difficulties that he was having in trying to communicate and to understand yeah, things. Yeah, so yeah. they didn't give any of the Japanese characters subtitles. So you're in the same boat that he's in for the most part. Now there was Orson Welles ended up doing like narration for a lot of this stuff. So if there was like any time when somebody was speaking, like doing monologues as a Japanese character, uh, they would have Orson Welles doing like narration to explain it but i cannot imagine watching the show without any subtitles or any dubbing too overwhelming. one it's a, it's a shame because the japanese characters are the most interesting ones yeah, on the are. ship like that would be i can't imagine not getting their dialogue or not or because like they're the ones really right. working behind the scenes and conniving and you know backstabbing each other like if you had not known that was going on you know to me that that's a waste yeah, it, it really would be. So, like I said, I'm really surprised that they went down that road with it. Uh, obviously, it worked because, like I said, it was a huge hit for them. So, right, right. whatever whatever they did, it obviously worked for them. So, they obviously told the story from yeah. a, a different perspective. My guess is, yeah, and from what I also understand, some bad stereotypes and some bad tropes of... Oh, I can't. Can you imagine? Probably lent itself towards, you know, this, you know, white savior yeah. type stuff, all this type of stuff. It probably played right. into that as well. So, uh, but the actual show, like I said, we talked about the, we talked about the three main characters. 
the actual show though is just incredibly interesting and it has mm -hmm. and it's like i said the first 20 to 30 minutes there's a lot of world bidding so it's kind of slow to start with but once they get going into it once they kind of get some of like they get away from like all right here's the world they're living in here's the world that we're trying to operate yeah. in and they get into some of the plot it actually becomes an incredibly entertaining incredibly enjoyable show mm -hmm. uh your thoughts on just the story of this thing I thought the same thing. I thought, wow, especially when I, I believe it's Yubishki, the the guy yeah, that's uh, Yabushige, I think is how it's pronounced. But I could be wrong. The guy, the guy that's un, under Tornada, Tornaga, that's mm -hmm. kind of working everyone. Right, he is, mm -hmm. and he was the one that you know he went down to try to rescue uh, Franco. Is that's the Carbonell? No, right. Vasco Rodriguez. Rodriguez, right? Uh, so like when he, that guy, all the stuff he's doing is very interesting because he he is a character he was the one uh later on when he rescues uh cosmo I mean, he rescues blackthorn and then like uh <laughs> tornado is like you just always seem to ha to be in the right place <laughs> at the right, right time, time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so it's just like he's always everywhere he's buddies with the shido right you know he's talking with him so i, I thought his character he, he's going to be interesting to watch yeah, he was. That was very much the case. At first, I thought, okay, well, this guy's going to be, he's going to be kind of the villain. I don't know that that's going to be the case. I mean, he's not a good guy. I mean, no, he's not a good guy for sure. He enjoys like listening to a guy getting boiled alive. I mean, that so oh, he can. Do, he likes watching. I believe that was his nephew yeah. having sex. Yeah. So, like I said, he's I mean, got some hate to it. He does. He's he's not he's not a good guy, but I don't know that he's necessarily a villain either. Yeah. Um, he's playing as many sides as he possibly can because like when he meets the shido to talk about trying to get blackthorn released or yeah. whatever it was uh basically you know getting doing something on the side you know do be a little bit deceitful yeah. to get him out of prison you know you expect him to go to you expect blackthorn to be delivered to shido but he's not he's delivered back to toronaga so like i said he's yeah he's and, doing and a lot that of guy's in, he's in all the thor movies Ashido is or uh you oh is he really? Who does he play in those? Now I gotta look that up because I did not even realize. I didn't recognize him from anything, so I wasn't really sure about that. But yeah, he's in Ragnarok. Uh, he was in the first Thor. I'm trying to wonder. He plays Hogan. Who is Hogan? I don't know who Hogan is. Now I gotta look. See, that this up. is, and here's the problem with the Thor movies: they waste all these characters. Oh yeah, they do. Because there's so many in the back. There's so many in the background that they don't use. Yeah, you're right. Uh, like I said, I'll have to look him up later. I can't look him up right now. So uh, I, I liked I liked his character a lot because. He he's working all sides. Yeah, he is. He's working. He's definitely working all sides. So, uh, I'm really interested to see what happens with the the just the religious part of this. And this is another thing because when we yes. talked about when we yes. talked about when you talked about you know as a history teacher, you know, I, I must love this stuff. And this is the other part that I really like about this this show because when I was in the first time like I was ever confronted with this was in when I was taking tenth grade history uh, as a high school student, where the idea that religion had as much to do with the war and the the political machinations of of leaders as much as anything else did back during this time whether you were protestant right. whether you were catholic that was such a huge part of what made what made governments work uh and like just in religion was such a was such a driving force and almost a bit of a pawn politically in terms of anything oh, yeah. else uh because like it just kind of shows. I mean, it's it's a very I hate to say, but it's a very pessimistic review on on 
on oh, religion yeah. because there was a time when people like went to war over if you were Catholic or if you were Protestant and they would force you in your for if you lost they'd force your country yeah. to switch to either Protestantism or Catholic Catholicism and yeah. like I said I've never really truly seen a show that really demonstrates that mm -hmm. but this show is like it is completely showing that it's just fascinating I went to Catholic school I I, I must have been sleeping through this chapter <laughs> yeah and like I said this is what this is so much of what basically from the time that like when around the time of Christopher Columbus all the way up until really the early mid 1700s this is what drove so much of the political decisions of France of England of Portugal yeah. of Spain mm -hmm. and those were were like the big world powers at the time and anything that they were doing most of it was to was in the name of Protestantism or it was in the name of Catholicism and you know people would align themselves based off of how much how much they could gain from those different religions so obviously Port the Portugal which is which was Catholic and is still predominantly mm -hmm. Catholic today um you know, the, they were obviously bestowing riches upon the Japanese. That's one of the reasons why so many people are converting in Japan, yeah. converting to Christianity. Because up until this time, Buddhism was the main primary religion. Like it still is in Japan. Don't get me wrong; it still is, but it's not had the had the Catholics had the Protestants not gone to Japan in the hopes of plundering it from plundering the riches from it it probably is almost completely a buddhist country today so like i said there's like yeah I, I like this as well because i'm curious like with the portuguese because they've been running things and do and doing extremely well right and hiding a lot of it oh yeah and now they're like Oh God! This guy's gonna come in and ruin everything. They've tried to kill Blackthorn like ten times right. already, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh God! They're gonna find out we're using the Ronin, right. and we're the ones making all the money." And, and so th I thought that was interesting. I'm interested to see the Portuguese part of this because right. the guy, I believe his name is Tommy Barstow. Tommy Barstow. Mm -hmm. as, yeah, his father Martin. I, I really liked his character. Yeah, he he doesn't come on the second episode, but he was very interesting. Yeah, that's one of the things I'm really interested to see because one of the interesting parts from a history st standpoint, when Portugal, Spain end up going to Japan and, in hopes of like basically getting as much as they can from this, it's different than any other place that they had sailed to in terms of trying to like exploit it for riches because when they went to the Americas, when they went to uh, North America, when they went to South America, when they went to those places initially, they had they were in, they were running into Native Americans who were not as advanced in terms of civilization as the Spanish were. And look, Japanese weren't either. I mean, they are introduced to guns and things like that because of people from the West. But yeah. they are still much high, more highly sophisticated. It's still much more highly advanced civilization in terms of and still much more organized and mm. be able to like hold their own in terms of. Be if they were to, if a war were to break out between Japan and another country, they could hold their own a lot more than somebody than a Native American tribe could have in North right. America. So, like I said, it's it was an interesting time for these two countries for Portugal and Spain because they couldn't just go in and just completely wipe them out. They had to kind of do this subversive thing that they're showing in this film or in this in this television show, where they're trying to kind of doing it on the sly where they were hoping to get their own people put in charge and put their own people in power. So, right. uh, I gotta say just our conversations fire me up even more for the show. This show's good. Yeah, it is. It's, it's really, really good. So I'm glad you mentioned Tommy Barstow who plays father Martin. He seems to be 
like one of the few like decent Catholic yeah. priests. I'm not even sure if he's a priest. Right. I'm not sure exactly what his his role is. I, he, I, he's. I'm assuming it's his father Martin. Yeah, I didn't know he if he was, was like wearing, a cardinal yeah. or if he was a priest or. Oh, that's yeah, yeah, and he has that weird haircut where he's got like the top yeah, of his yeah. head is. I mean, you talk about bad haircuts. Cut. Yeah, that's a bad one. Too. <laughs> that's a bad one too. So, yeah. uh, like I said, he, he seems to be you know a decent guy uh, as opposed mm-hmm. to some of the other Catholic leaders in this thing. They don't seem to be quite yeah. as decent. Uh, I don't think they're necessarily pointing out the evils of Catholicism because. Look, the, the Protestants were doing the same stuff as well, and that's well, that's the reason right, right. why that's the reason why Cos, uh, John Blackthorne is there. He's there to get all the riches they yeah. can from Japan in the name right. of Protestantism. So, uh, really, like I said, that's just the way that the world worked back in this time. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, when we get to the end of episode two, I thought it was one of the more compelling scenes when you have him drawing the map in the sand uh, and he's being and you've got Mariko who is giving the translation for it like I said I just thought that was just a fascinating scene like it just really spells out just what the stakes are in the show what were your thoughts and I thought the same thing like I mentioned earlier the the steam coming off Tornaka's (laughs) ears when he realized that they have a pact and Japan is Portugal's right like he was like oh he was like no way but like he was so angry, but he also knew this is how I'm going to stay old. I, right. I, we've got this guy. This is my chance. Yeah, this and, is my card. Yeah, he's playing. He's playing his card, and he's hoping that yeah. Blackthorn will give him the upper hand yeah. that he needs in all this. So, uh, and then just another fascinating scene when the female assassin comes in, who's the maid, and wow. just starts wiping dudes out because we even she talked about that. She was vicious. Yeah, she was. She was absolutely vicious. Oh, she was hard to kill. Yeah, she was. And they eventually do kill her. Tornada took her, I thought, took her down with his first swipe. Mm-hmm. No, she comes right back. Yeah, she comes right back. So, uh, like I said, this was, that was just an absolutely interesting. It was a fun scene to watch because, and Tornada yeah. breaks it down real quick because he has this thing set up. He's like, he knows immediately, like, this, they weren't coming for me. They were coming for, they were coming right. for, uh, yeah. they were coming for Blackthorn. So he makes it very clear that this isn't, this wasn't about me. This was about the, this was about the, about the engine, as he is called throughout uh, yeah. the course of these two things, which shows that his plan is working because he, the, when mm-hmm. they say at the end of episode one, when Tornaga says, looks like fate has brought us together and you, I, and this barbarian uh, could turn the tide of the war. Right. I don't remember exactly what the line is. Yeah, it was something like that. Uh, he, and when he says that, I was like, okay, how is this one guy supposed to play such an integral part in this? And what he's, the reason why he's supposed to play an integral part in it is because he's supposed to sow division among his yeah. four enemies. And that's exactly what he's doing at this point. Because, Absolutely. So, like I said, he knows his plan is working at this point when that lady shows up. So, mm-hmm. uh, Let's talk about uh, some of the other characters. Like I said, we, we, we need to talk about Nestor Carver now. Uh, I want to talk yeah. about him because, like I said, that was the moment when I got really interested in the show. Like I said, I was I liked it prior to then. Yeah. But that's when it like became... It was a little bit almost like... A little too documentarian at this up until this point and then when he shows up it's like okay we are still we're still going to entertain yeah. you this is going to be an entertaining show we just had to set it things up what were your thoughts once he finally entered the show i, I thought the same thing that man came running in a mile a minute yes. you know and just going wild and like i said the beard on point right just like just the way he is conniving as well 
you know, uh, I don't. He's listed only at three episodes on IMDb. Sometimes that's wrong. Right. I'm hoping we get much more of him because he was fantastic. An actor that's been around for a long time. Yeah. So that. D- deserves a part like this. Yeah, his mo- he's best known for Suddenly Susan. He was on that in the nineties, and then he was in not he was in Lost. Uh, I don't remember his character. He's on the morning like, show right now. I can't. Re- well, I can't, he, he played Richard with- Alpert. I I know the name, yeah. and I could. I, yeah. I, it's been so long since I've seen Lost. I need to go back and rewatch it, but I couldn't tell you right now. Exactly I think he's what involved did. with the group that was running the 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 foundation or whatever. I think you're correct about that. I think you're right, but. Yeah. Uh, just a yeah, it's been a long time. It's he's he's a wonderful actor, and I did not recognize him at first when he pounces in with that gray hair, that gray beard. I have never yeah. seen him without the the perfectly manicured hair, uh, yeah. the black perfectly manicured. Hair. I've never seen him a lot, uh, without that image going. So, like I said, when he first shows up, it's like, who is that? It sounds weird. Like then I looked it up, it's like, oh, that's Nestor Carpenter. <laughs> I was like, oh, fantastic. Yeah, he's one of the main characters on. Uh on the morning show and he's, oh, he? he he's looks good on that he doesn't look like this so yeah well they've obviously done some really good work on him so oh, yeah uh there's another character that i want to talk about that showed up that just made my day who was that i can't remember everyone his name he was in episode two i think uh he was the guy who was the like the priest or whatever that was imprisoned what was his name oh that's that guy oh, yeah walking day almeida yeah, Father he's he is a villain in so many movies yeah the last thing i he's been in a lot of stuff but the last thing i saw him in uh he was in he was in warrior nun uh he played he didn't play a bad guy. He didn't actually play a good guy either in that show. Uh, and he's just an interesting guy to watch. Yeah, he is. Like I said, if you see him, whenever he, he comes on the screen, he, he just kind of draws, just attention is drawn to him. Uh, so, like I said, I was really interested when he when he I, I, popped up. I liked I liked his part a lot. Yeah, yeah, I did too. So yeah, he was the villain in Clear Clear and Present Danger. That's right. I haven't seen that movie in forever. So you he, was a, he was the villain in Desperado. Uh, he's in, oh, he's a, the villain in Fast Five. I'm telling you, he's in a ton of stuff. I feel like he's in Taken or one of those. He may be. Uh, he very well could be. But like I said, the last thing I saw. Oh, him, he's about to be in Roadhouse. He's about to. Oh, in the new one. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sure he'll be the villain in that too. So. <laughs> Hitman's Bodyguard. That's what I saw him in. The one with Ron Reynolds and okay. Samuel Jackson. He's the villain in that. Okay. He's, he's fantastic. I re- but it's a part that he normally doesn't play. Yeah, you're right. So uh, it's a little bit different from, and it's kind of a smaller part too. So uh, mm-hmm. I was a little surprised to see him show up in this. Well, he was teaching the game. Yeah, he was. He was. He was basically. He was the guy basically showing Blackthorn the ropes in this thing. So yeah, I'll be really interested to see if he shows up again. I don't see yeah. his name in, like in the regular cast on the. I just saw his name on the episode specific. The episode specific yeah. cast. So but you can never trust him, did they? No, afterwards. you can't. You're correct about that. So uh, anything else you want to discuss about this thing, or do we need to go ahead and get to our words? Um, I think I think we're good with the awards, but you know, it's it's a fantastic show, and I, I can't wait to see where it goes from here. Yeah, I'm same way. So let's go ahead and do our awards. Here on the Man Attraction Podcast, whenever we're covering a season of a television show, we give out three weekly awards. At the top of our list is the Tyrion Lannister, the MVP for the week. Who is your Tyrion Lannister? So I'm going with uh, Blackthorn. Yeah. And uh, Tornaga. Yeah, they're the two mains. I ended up going with, yeah. with I ended up going with Cosmo Jarvis only just because he has a big role throughout the first two. He does. And yeah, Tornaga sure. doesn't play a huge role. Uh, 
until uh, the second one. He's introduced in the first one, but they don't really do a whole lot in terms of, of introducing yeah. him in the second one. Uh, but there's, uh, like I said, I, I thought they were both really good. They're all the entire cast has been great, but I thought those two. Yeah, it really those. has. Uh, the Agatha all along. What's your best scene? I think it's the scene you're talking about where the last conversation that Jarvis, I'm sorry, that uh, Blackthorn has with Tordaga, where he's showing him the map and everything, yeah. and explaining what the Portuguese have been doing. Yeah, that was my pick as well. Uh, I thought about the assassination scene. I thought that was a really good one. That was that was good. I thought one of the most interesting things was the opening scene as well, where he's meeting with the other four. Yeah, uh, and you've got the one guy mm-hmm. who who is just so irate and is like taking everything in himself to hold himself back, yeah. and then stands up and like uh, dishonors himself by speaking out in that moment, and yeah. ends up having to kill himself and killing his child as well. Uh, I Good think, Lord, yeah, that is crazy. A thing that we don't understand here, but like, yeah. you know, they go into this like they do this really well in this show. Suicide is not the. What is it called? Sepuka? Well, a, a seppuku, I think is how it's pronounced. I think it's how, that's okay. how it's pronounced. I could be correct, incorrect about that. But I think one of the things that they they're trying to show in this suicide in this cult in Japanese culture isn't the isn't the horrible thing that we consider yeah. it here in America. Look, right. they obviously don't. If you're a perfectly healthy person with lots of life in front of you, they don't encourage you to commit suicide. But you know, if you get to this point where, like with uh, Yabushige, when he's about to drown to death and he sees no alternative out, he takes the sword out and is getting ready to put it on himself because he wants to control the way that he goes out. Right. Um, and like I said, that's not something that registered with Blackthorn. He's like, why is he doing that? Why is he about to kill yeah. himself? And like, even to us, like in our society, we'd be like, why are you doing that? You, something could happen. And like I said, well, it's also, what, what's the first thing that Christians are told? Yeah. If you commit you're, going to, you're going to hell. So like I said, it's not the same. It doesn't have the same connotations that it does yeah. in uh, Eastern cultures as it does right. in Western culture. So I think that's one of the things that I think, even though, you know, there's no way, even in Japan today, that if you killed a baby along with yourself, that right, that would be right. that would be welcomed. It just shows this the difference, and it's trying to show you that there is a difference in culture. There is a different yeah. thought process the way that these people operate than the way that we do. So, like I said, even though they yeah, don't, and for a br- I will say for a brief second, I thought Tornaga was going to sneak out him and the baby and go tell them to hide somewhere, right? Because he mentioned he doesn't he does not agree with this kind of bloodshed, right? He doesn't. So. Uh, like I said, they're they're not necessarily glorifying this, but they are trying right. to show that there is a difference and that these that yeah. the cultures just don't look at things the same way. So, uh, if you come to the king, you best not miss. What's your best line? I thought it was it was the end of the first episode, and it was uh, said by Vasco Rodriguez: "Every man has three hearts: one in his mouth for the world to know, another in his chest just for his friends." And a secret heart buried deep where nowhere can, where no one can find it. That is a heart a man must keep hidden if he wants to preserve life. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, I ended up, I forgot to write down the whole line. Uh, it was that line at the very end of the first episode when they're talking about. Uh, well, this is what I said a second ago about uh, fate bestowing. Uh, basically, yeah. you know, it was going to be between those three. Like I said, I forgot to write down the exact line, but that was the line that I had. Was that very? It was the last line of the first episode. So. All right, uh, that takes us to our end of the first week. Uh, we gotta do our uh, gotta do our rating. Yeah, oh, that's right. Thank you. I'm glad you said that. So, uh, here on the Main Attraction Podcast, we have a five tier rating system. At the top of our list is a uh, 
Succession, Beneath the Succession is a Lost. Middle of the Road Forest is Friends, and Beneath the Friends is Full House. Bottom of the Barrel Forest is a Baywatch. What is your rating for Shogun after the first two episodes? The irony that I'm going to start out with the Lost, and it's Nestor Carbonell's one of his big shows. <laughs> but we'll start with the Lost. I, I would be shocked if this isn't a succession. This this feels like it has the potential to be one of the best shows of the year. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I'm starting with the Lost as well. Um, why I'm not going up to succession, I don't know, because I, I, I think you're correct about that. I think that it yeah. has a chance to be one of the best shows of the entire year, but yeah. we'll see. Uh, I think it needs yeah. to earn it a little bit, but I'm, yeah. I'm very excited about what this show could end up becoming. So, All right, like I said earlier, now that wraps up our uh, coverage of the week first week of Shogun. Uh, we'd like to do some, some recommendations for our listeners as well. I'll be real honest, I've had... I've had soccer tryouts all this week. I didn't get home till yeah. 7 or 8 o'clock at night every week, so I have not watched anything outside of what we had to. So what do you got in terms of uh, uh, recommendations? I'll give four since you don't have to, since you don't have any. So the first one is Priscilla, the Sofia Coppola movie about Priscilla Presley. Okay. It's on uh, Max. Uh, Jacob Lordy plays uh, Elvis, and I'm trying to remember the girl. She's breaking out the girl who plays Priscilla, and I'll look her up real good. It's well, really good. You talk, uh, I'll look it up. Uh, Elvis, kind of creepy, kind yeah. of creepy. Priscilla yeah. was very young, but it's a it's it's a very interesting movie showing about her life when she meets Elvis in Germany to her life when she decides to divorce him. Spoiler alert uh, for Kaylee the real Spain. life. Kayla Spaney, who's blowing up, she's in a lot of stuff. She's about to be in Beef. They're doing another season of Beef with new characters. She's right. one of the main leads. She's one of the main leads of that Civil War movie that I will not watch. I saw the trailer <laughs> again today. I was I'm, like, no thank you. I'm really interested in that movie. I, like I said, it, it's fascinating to she's me. One, she's one of the main leads. But uh, Priscilla, very good, very good You know, history of of what uh, Priscilla Presley was going for, and you will feel sorry for her. And, you know, uh, you, Jacob Elordi was fantastic as well, but it's all Max, so I would definitely, definitely recommend that. Second thing, I saw... Well, Aquaman. actually, well, she's going to be in the Alien show coming up as well. Uh, Alien Romulus yeah, on Hulu. Yeah, she's blowing up. Yeah, yeah, that's the one with Oliphant and uh, what, uh, what was his name from... Uh, from Fargo. Uh, well, uh, maybe this is something different because this has Isabella Merced. Oh, she's alien movie. She's in the movie. Okay. There's gonna be an alien movie. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm a little, I'm just getting confused. Okay. My bad. But yeah, yeah. she's gonna be. That's, that's still big. <laughs> so. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, the next, uh, I watched Aquaman two or the Lost Kingdom. Is that with the Fallen Kingdom? Yeah, something like that. Have you seen it? Not yet. I have not. All right. So here's my recommendation. I enjoyed it. I think we've hit a point, and Aquaman has done this. I, I, <laughs> Black Adam, Shazam, this, the bad CGI, we're just over. <laughs> we're just over. I will tell you this. Half this movie, and you see it in the trailer, is Patrick Wilson and Jason Momoa getting back together, and then they have to do something. That's the best part of the movie. Yeah. They are hilarious together. They're fantastic. When they go back underwater and the fights and stuff, we all love the first movie, and like I, that stuff did not bother me. I, something has happened. I don't know if Aqua. I mean, I don't know if Ant Man the bad CGI. <laughs> it, it's it's why these movies are doing bad. They've broken our brains. We're tired of how bad CGI looks. I think that's why this movie was hated. Also, you know, 
I'd like to see James Wan, James Wan's cut. James Wan is a fantastic filmmaker. Right. He obviously knew what he was doing. The first one made like a billion, but they cut him to pieces, and you can tell this story feels cut up right. as well. So uh, I still think it's worth watching, especially Patrick Wilson is fantastic, and him and Jason Momoa have great chemistry, and they make fun of each other for about 30 minutes. So that <laughs> alone was worth watching. Yeah, uh, uh, my, I'll be, I do want to see it. Um, uh, the, the review that I had from one of my assistant coaches when I was at soccer practice this week, she said, it is really, really good. She said, I said, is it really good? She says, well, she said, uh, well, Aquaman is tasty. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I can see that. Just, <laughs> I was like, well, how's I the actual movie? Where... I said, how's the actual movie? She goes, not real sure. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> well, you know. To each their if, own. If you want yeah. Momo's fantastic. You got to give him credit. Uh, so, uh, my third one, Anatomy of a Fall. I rented it. I wanted to rent it before the Oscars. Uh, rented it off Apple. Incredible right. movie. Do not commit a crime in France. <laughs> I'm telling you now. That jury, the, the the law there, the courtroom scenes, insane. Do not get involved in anything that could be a crime in France. I'm telling you now, people, stay away from crime in France. Be careful. The dog steals this movie. 50 Cent, yes, I'm telling you, 50 Cent is involved in this movie. You won't believe it. It is incredible. Sandra Hewler. The lady who's nominated for an Oscar, she's also one of the main leads of Zone of Interest. It'll be interesting to see where her career goes right. after this. But it it is a very fascinating movie. Two and a half hours, though, man. We can't do short movies anymore. No, we can't. So, and my last one is I saw where the musician DJ, DJO, I think it's DJO, uh, was number one on Spotify. Do you know who DJO is? I have no idea. Joe Curie is a musician oh really as dj okay <laughs> and he has a number one song on spotify okay it's called the end of the beginning and the reason was because it, it mentioned chicago and people used it on tiktok talking about the bear right and then all of a sudden people are like wait is that joe carey is it is he the <laughs> Because if you look at if you go look up Dejo, it's him. He's got a bad mustache. He's got weird looking hair. He's trying right. to disguise himself. But Dejo is Joe Carey, and the music is good. And uh, he's he's doing very well at Spotify. So uh, a guy that we've talked about quite a bit and been a fan of, like he's even more talented than we realize. Joe Carey, you are you are a talented sob. Yes, yes, he is. So. All right, guys. Well, that wraps us up for this week, uh, at least for this week of uh, Shogun. Uh, we still have yeah. another one to talk about yeah. with Dune Part 2. So. Yeah. If you've seen Dune Part 2, make sure you check us out for that yes. one as well. So. It's fantastic. Go see it in a big theater. That's right. It is. So. And don't commit crimes in France. That's right. Don't commit crimes in France. <laughs> always good Always good advice. So, yeah. uh, All right, guys. Well, that wraps us up for this week. Anything else you want to share before we sign off? Appreciate everyone joining us, and we'll talk to you next time. I will echo those same sentiments, and as always, until next time, may all of your entertainment dreams come true.